What's up, good people? It's your boy Laws, OSS 980, other side of sports. You already know. Uh, I know you listening like, hold on, dog. This is not how the show starts each week. I know, but I had to come on here and first of all, just say thank you. You know, everybody been rocking with us through the years. I wanted to personally extend a thank you and just say how grateful I am for each and every one of y'all. You know, without y'all, this wouldn't even be possible. The growth we've been able to see, you know, it's kind of remarkable. Just when we think about where we first started, some of y'all been rocking with us since day one. Special shout out to y'all, you know, Wes, Van, Jenna, hundreds of other loyal fans and supporters who rock with our content. Y'all know who y'all are. Uh, I do have a favor to ask, though. Uh, This favor will not cost you no bread, don't worry. But if you're listening to the show faithfully each week, could you slide over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel, Other Side of Sports? You know, we close to a big milestone number, and we need your help to get there. Share the content with your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, everybody you think could appreciate, you know, the different topics we get into. Uh, With that said, I appreciate you. It's your boy, Law, signing out. Peace. You are now tuned to the other side of BOK Sports 9 Welcome back. You're now tuning to the other side, the other side of sports. It's your host, yeah. Laws, in the building. We are here. Yeah. First things right, first, we got to get into it. Rui Hashimura traded to the Lakers. For three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn. Uh, basically, we gave the Bama away for a bag of rap snacks. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Tommy, I-, I-, I can't defend you any longer with these type of moves as a as a former fan, because I can't even claim these dudes no more, dog. I'm past the days where I Kirk and spaz out, throw the remote and break stuff. Like, I'm past them days, right? But still, like, I kind of watch the team from afar and kind of semi-care. But, like, when they make moves like this, I just go, I go back to being apathetic. Like, just, like, whatever happens, I don't care. Like, because clearly they don't have a plan. There's, I mean, if you're a fan and you're trying to spin this into, they could use those draft picks and, you know, parlay those into a first round. We don't, we cannot, this team does not draft well, period. Johnny Davis, is that, does that Bama even, is he still on the team? He might work up a Walmart or something, dog. I, where is he? I mean, it's just unfortunate because I feel like the team started to reap the dividends of the Rui Hachimera pick. This dude in 2019 was the ninth overall pick. Now, all over, already we ready to part ways. I know they didn't pick up his, his option, his rookie option, and, you know, fine. And you probably won't have the money to, to sign him back if you're trying to keep Kyle Kuzma here and, um, you know, Porzingis. But... I don't even know if you'll be able to keep those guys, though. You might have you might have had a better chance at just seeing how things play out, and maybe you could resign uh, Rui Hashimura if if you weren't going to be able to get Kyle Kuzma. We don't know 
if you'll be able to kick. I mean, of course they're gonna try to, but this whole narrative, like they would get nothing for him. Like you just wanted to get nothing. Like, dog, we got a bag of wrap snacks, the barbecue. Like Kendrick Nunn, I could find a Bama that can strap him up, buoy, Rex center. I'm not like he's not anybody who's gonna move the needle for this team. Second round picks is like basically trash bags in your cupboard, dog. They don't. What are we gonna do with it, bro? What are we gonna do with it? What are we gonna do with? So I mean, I. It is what it is. I'm not going to really get all too, too, you know, upset about it, even though it just is disheartening because as a fan, you you want the team to do well. And like these moves is just stupid, bro. It just there's no rhyme or reason to it. And you cannot convince me or tell me that they could not acquire anything better than that. What was that? Was, that that deal? Like, it's no way, bro. It's no way. Maybe not right now, today, but you give it some time. The way that he was playing, I know that the, the trade deadline is not even here yet. I mean, I know it's coming and it's approaching, but I, yeah, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Before I get into other stuff, listen, where my golfers at, dog? I'm ready to get out that joint and hit the links. Uh, if you are a golfer out there, I'm thinking about this year putting together a golf, a little golf event or something of that nature. If you're trying to rock with it and get down with the golf event, holler at me on Instagram at OSS980. Shoot out with my DM like you trying to you trying to get with the program though. Ladies too, like if you if you're a golfer and you trying to get with it, holler at me. Um, cause I, I I'm thinking about you know putting something together this year and. You know, I you know, of course I'm a avid golfer out that jump. For those who don't don't play golf, young, you gotta get into it though. I mean, for people who know me, I'm a hooper at heart. Like I hoop my entire life, and I didn't start playing golf until later on in life. But after I started, like this jump, it's nothing like it. Nothing. It's nothing in the world like it. It's the greatest game ever. And maybe I maybe I'll sit on here and tell y'all why one day, because um, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. Um, on to some football. Let's let's talk about this uh, Air Reed situation at Bethune Cookman and how you know he was slated to be the next head coach for the football team there, and within that time, you know I guess he had some some things that he wanted the school to address um, as as a contingency for him being the coach. Uh, the team or the or the, the the school didn't really want to acquiesce to those, I guess, those demands, so to speak. And so the negotiations broke off and Avery goes on social media and he basically blasts the school and says that, you know, he really cares about the school and cares about the kids. Uh, excuse me, he cares about the kids in the program and that he just wanted to try to do things to help them out. Uh, come to find out, kids started, you know, they started taking pictures and his pictures started to circulate around 
social media just showing like mold and some of the, the uh, conditions of the school. It looks bad. It looks bad. Uh, recently, the kids have, you know, been protesting at the school, the, the board of trustees um, and, and asking for their resign, resignation. And it's just it, it just turned turned bad. You had the president of the school try to come out and, and basically justify the, the state of the school and what's going on with the school. It just, it just all, it's all bad. It's all bad. I mean, it, again, this is a situation that just highlights some of the economic troubles that these HBCUs have. Um, and honestly, you know, it's just not okay. Like, I mean, somebody has to be accountable to these children, to the kids, um, especially if the if the living conditions are just not like just not safe or not sanitary, like that they have to do something to address that. And the fact that you know they rather just part ways and and not address it, I I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, and it's unfortunate. I think you know I was looking forward to seeing Ed Reed and what he could do with that program. Um, you know, him being able to come in definitely would bring eyes to that, to that program. And, and ultimately the more notable and notoriety that comes to a school, then, you know, usually dollars follow that. And so, um, you know, I always believe that the whole thing that like everything costs. So even bringing in Ed Reed, it's going to cost you something. Right. And so to me, the things that he was I guess was highlighting like why wouldn't you just address those things and fix them or at least sit down and figure out how you could address them to 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 satisfy you know what what, he, what he's looking to have done you know and so it, yeah it, it's just it's just bad but like <laughs> this is what happens you bring somebody of note into your program and you're not above board like the same thing that you're looking for for them to bring is the same thing that could in turn hurt your your, your program if you know you're not you're not doing things above board so I don't know like what they're going to do what the school going to do is they going to have a coach I'm sure kids is probably considering other options and where they're going to go now it's just uh, it's a situation I, I wouldn't want to be a, a part of um, so we had playoff games this week. You had the Kansas City Chiefs and um, played against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jaguars end up losing this game. Um, you know, it kind of went the way in which I, I thought it would go uh, up until Pat Mahomes' injury, which looked significant to me. Uh, I know he went into the locker room at halftime. I know they probably, you know what I'm saying, gave him to Mr. Miyagi. You know, they gave him to Mr. Miyagi through the uh, the uh, Tiger Bomb on that jump, shot him with the quarter zone. Um, and he came out and he finished the game, but you could tell he just, he wasn't himself. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I, this next game though, I, Mahomes gonna have to be Mahomes. Uh, especially after what I saw from Cincinnati, and we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was a 
it the game took shape just like I kind of envisioned it. I thought that the Kansas City Chiefs would would score. Kansas City Chiefs defense is not all world, so you know Jacksonville was able to get you know generate some points. But all in all, you know Andy Reid. I don't know like his record when he has a bye week, but if he has time to prepare, I'm almost it's almost a, a guarantee he gonna get the W. Um, then you had the uh, New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, and Daniel Jones has had a good season, but the the. the Eagles was not going for any of the funny business, though. All the stuff that worked the week before in this game plan was not happening. The, the read options they were trying to do with Daniel Jones, all Eagles was shutting that down. Eagles offensively was like a well-oiled machine. Uh, Jalen Hurst looked like the MVP. No, no, no doubt about it. No question. Um, and they looked dominant. Eagles looked dominant. Uh I don't know what's, what Daniel Jones' future is going to be, what kind of money he's going to get after this year. Uh, is he deserving of the money? That's a question for y'all. Like, do y'all think he's deserving of, of, the, of the big big check? Um, I think he's been serviceable, but I don't know if I would empty the bank for Daniel Jones. I think the success that you saw was more, more the offensive schematics and, 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 and Dayball's leadership than it was Daniel Jones' skill set and just, you know, natural abilities. Uh, I'm not saying he's a bum. You know, I put him in that above average tier with the Kirk Cousins, with the, you know, um, Derek Carrs, like in that that space. So that that's that. Eagles washed him. It was over in the first quarter, essentially, first half, definitely. Um, John was was a rap city in the basement. Um, Eagles have a squad, and and they got a they got a tough test in front of them. Uh, Sunday games you had Cincinnati Bagels and Buffalo Bills. Now this was a surprise to me. I did not foresee or anticipate uh, Josh Allen looking regular, and much credit to the Cincinnati Bengals defense because they came ready to play. I mean, they they really forced Josh Allen into a lot of unfavorable situations. They caused him to turn the ball over. There was a couple plays that was a little bit fluky that, you know, of course, I'm always, you know, Stern's orders all day with me. Um, you know how I get down. Um, for those who don't know what Stern's, yeah, if y'all listen to this, y'all know what Stern's orders is. Just put it in context. What does Stern's order sound like? Funny business. That's exactly what it is. Uh, that touchdown in the back of the end zone to Jamar Chase that they called a, a, a drop, that was some funny business to me. It's in the snow. I thought he controlled the catch at the top of the catch and then coming down, the ball moved slightly, but, you know, it didn't hit the ground. It was in his hands. Like, you know, those calls are just like, I don't like them. I don't like them. And that really would have put the nail in the coffin for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, in these games, they're trying to keep it close. You know, they have second second half spreads and stuff like that. You know, that goes back to last week in the feeder fund for the the sports books. But nonetheless, Joe Burrow is that guy. He's real. Um, if 
if for whatever strange reason they didn't decide to give the MVP to Jalen Hurts for whatever, like they, if they try to use the injuries, which I don't think is enough to discredit him or discount him from that conversation. But if they did, the next person in line is Joe Burrow, in my opinion, and what he's done with the, with the Cincinnati Bengals, especially towards the, the back half of the season. I mean, of course, you could put Mahomes in there just because it's Mahomes, but I'm but I'm I'm talking about doing, you know, I, Cincinnati has really stepped up to all challenges that they faced in a in a major way, and they started out with issues with their offensive line, and they just overcame that, and and much credit to them. Uh, I, you know, when you see certain teams that just win. And, and don't make excuses, I appreciate that. And, and it looked like they didn't make excuses for, you know, the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, kind of like derailing what they were trying to do from a, from a you know, a, a, you know, getting that first seed and stuff like that. They just put that to the side and just focused on the task at hand. And they really handled the Buffalo Bills, dog. I mean, it was surprising to me. They handled them. Um, so Cincinnati's going to be a tough, uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to seeing Cincinnati and the Kansas City, uh, Chiefs battle it out. Uh, cause whoever wins that jump going to the Super Bowl. So, um, I think in, in, in on the podcast and the pick of my guy, I got Cincinnati. Then you had the last game on Sunday evening, you had the 49ers and the Cowboys. And I'm not here to really rag on Cowboys and rag on Dak like that, the black, a.k.a. the black Kirk Cousins. Um, I'm not going to do all of that. I just, I'm going to just keep it all the way 100. Tony Pollard was a huge loss to that offense. Huge loss. To me, Tony Pollard is the best weapon on offense for the Dallas Cowboys. That's to me. Some people might not agree. You might say CeeDee Lamb, all these, you may name some other people. To me, Tony Pollard is the most valuable piece on that offense. And to lose him significantly changes, especially in the game. It's one thing if you're going in the game and you know you're not going to have a player. But if you're like going into a game and you're game planning that player in and you lose that player along the way and he's a large part of your game plan, that's going to change everything. It just, it just is what it is. Now, I don't think that's necessarily an excuse, but I understand that piece of it, especially in game and especially playing against a defense like the 49ers. So I'm not all the way giving Dak a pass, but I'm just I'm saying that that makes it that makes a huge, significant difference. Right. Um, Dak did had the two interceptions. This is to me, this is this is just who he is, dog, like. You want a leopard to change his spots like that, that. Dak is a guy who, when all things are working in his favor, and the game plan is right, and his re, you know his receivers are, are are getting open, and he has time to really look and 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 survey his options and read go go through his reads. Like he's a solid quarterback, above average. You know what I'm saying? And he can win you some games. But when you need uh, like someone to like elevate the gameplay of the players around them, that's not Dak. 
It's just not him, people. I, I mean, I'm sorry to say, it's just not him. Now, can you win with that? Yeah, if you have the right pieces around, you got good offensive line, you know, good good core running, running game, good receivers, yeah, good defense, yeah, you can win with that. But if you need that to, like, pull some heroics, do a Joe Montana, Steve Young or something like that, show, like, a, a, another level and go to another level, uh, elevating his team, that's not him. That's just not him. So for all those people who are frustrated, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're frustrated with that, like, we just need to trade him or we just need to figure, like, just pump the brakes, though. I mean, you don't have Taylor Heineke, don't have Carson Wentz. Like, you got a good quarterback. You know, don't take that for granted. Now, again, he black Kirk Cousins, so you just know when a game is on the line, you're going to need somebody else other than him to kind of make the play to put y'all over the top. Whether it's a defensive stop, a forced fumble, or, you know, uh, like one of the running backs do something spectacular. Like, that's just what it's going to come down to. If you're relying on Dak's arm to get you from 10 yards to the end zone, it's just not going to happen. Now, I know what y'all saying. Well, dog, he did it this year. He had some comeback victories and stuff. <laughs> that don't matter to me. It only matters when it when it really matters. I mean, yeah, that'll earn you a little bit of little bit of points, but you need that in this game. And he had an opportunity in this game, and it and it just it just didn't pan out. So San Francisco is a, is a is a really good team. Them matched up against the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be a really good game. Um. You know, I like the 49ers in this one uh, only because I think Shanahan's experience in some of these environments and games, situations, he just has a little bit more of it. And so because of that, I think you're going to need a little more than just like it's going to come down to scheme and Shanahan. He can scheme it up. As long as he don't over overthink it, he can scheme it up. I think he will against the against the Eagles. It'll be a close game, but I think the uh the 49ers will edge it out. Um, as I said before, I think Cincinnati will will get the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And it'll be another close game. Not not a not a mud hole or wash, but you know, a close, close affair. Uh that's all I really got for y'all today. Go follow us at OSS980 at Other Side of Sports. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, I just, we, 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 um, setting up the store now for the OSS gear. We got the dad hats coming. We got the golf apparel coming. All my golfers. We, we gonna get you right. But when the season start, you gonna be right. Rock with us. We got great designs. It's affordable. You can get with the program. I'm going to share all the details about the site and where to go to copy your gear and uh, support the brand. And you can check out our podcast each and every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Just search Other Side of Sports. Or you can follow us on Instagram at OSS980. Shut up! Fine, see? You do that to me. How does it feel? How does it feel to be 
told you. Shut up. We've talked about. Let me speak. How does that do feel? That. How does that?